0: Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Lots of chatter about uh, the mob in Hamilton and specifically the death of Pat Micitano, uh just last week. A piece in the uh, Toronto Star and the Hamilton Spectator today uh, talks about the last days, last few days of what it was like for uh the uh the mob gangster let's bring in peter edwards staff reporter with the toronto star author and executive producer and consultant for the tv series bad blood and is with us now peter thank you for the time hope you're doing well
1: well thanks for having me things are going well
0: uh, many have said that uh, that Musatano was a dead man walking, that uh, obviously uh, several attempts on his life uh, towards the end. Um, were people already or organizations, uh, families, already juggling for power uh, before all of this happened? I mean, would there be a plan in place, uh, you know, I guess, post-killing uh, of Pat Musatano? Uh,
1: definitely, and there were... Um There's just sort of a shifting of the tides, like the people who he had um, uh, ridden to power with um, were were out of the way now, and people who didn't get along with him so well were rising up, and so it's almost a natural evolution.
0: So how do things move forward? What happens next? Does the next plan just fall into place, or is there discussion, a debate about that in in perhaps a war?
1: A lot of times there isn't... um, you know, one big plan. There are a lot of little plans, and you just see what works. I, I know for me, um, I'm I'm researching some key people now, just thinking that um, you know they're going to be involved one way or the other. There there are some main forces that you just can't ignore. And then um, how it all plays out, though, who knows? I don't. I mean, they don't know.
0: Uh, obviously, over the last uh, several years with this family in Hamilton, uh, it has drawn attention to itself for various in various ways. Do you think that whoever takes over will have a lower profile than this family?
1: I think probably. And some of the ones I'm looking at, I, um, it's odd I'm finding stories. I've written about them a long time ago, and I'd forgotten I'd written them. But they've risen, they've risen up in power since then. The Musitano um, the organized crime power you know they're they're at their peak in in really the late 70s early 80s and um uh you know that that's just over
0: so where do you see this going in the next couple of years
1: i think there's going to be um people coming uh, more influence from woodbridge i think there's going to be a um A family with real real reach who you could any four or five main players could be killed and it wouldn't really make that much difference i think that um despite all sorts of reports and and screaming from their lawyer i think that there's still something going in buffalo um so it'll be interesting to see what rises up there i think that um where ontario is pretty unique is that bikers really do um do matter and they're really part of the ecosystem and so they're some key players there that i think everybody's watching so there's there's just a lot of different forces it's almost like at the start of football season who's going to win the super bowl you, know, mm-hmm. you have like six different teams
0: what does that what is this what does the mob or organized crime like this look like in 2020 you talked about this family being uh really much in their in their heyday in the 70s and 80s how is it different today
1: uh, you know a lot of it's fraud i mean a lot of organized crime now is fraud like if you look at the um uh, the tow truck wars in um, in the GTA and um, to a lesser extent across the province. The, a lot of that is who can get in there so that they can defraud all sorts of different places. Um, like it's really um, fighting for the right to do the fraud. And um, healthcare is is a pretty big one. I mean, there's a lot of money being um, funneled into healthcare now, and so how can you get in on that? Um, a lot of it isn't. Um, you know, sometimes we get our images from um, you know movies of the 1920s or 30s, and that's historic. Like a lot of it now is off the internet, is off fraud. There's always drugs, so I mean, drugs will always be huge. And um, um, but then again, they're having to split that with other groups. Like they don't they don't have a, a lock on them, who brings in cocaine, who brings in fentanyl. Like they, they're they're a player, but not um, not utterly dominant.
0: How has COVID-19 uh, presented opportunity? Obviously, as you mentioned, um, you know there's a lot of uh, money being handed out right now. How does COVID-19 change this world? Um, you, you, for
1: Pat Musitano, it meant he didn't know where to find the guy. I mean, he's trying to hide as it is, and then it was good for him because um, – He couldn't fall into the habits of going to this place at this time and people picking up on it. You know, if I'm walking into a coffee shop and Mm. someone phoning someone. And so um, there's that. A lot of them put money into real estate. And so they've It's sort of odd, but then they they end up as the tenant or as the landlord who's trying to collect from the tenant who just doesn't have any money. On the other hand, it means money's going into health care. It means the... um, the ones who are more internet savvy are going to do better. It means that smuggling fentanyl is a um, there's, there's sort of more payoff there because it's very, very concentrated, so it's easier to smuggle, and so it's incredibly deadly, incredibly dangerous. But um, for these guys, there's more of a payoff than smuggling something paltry.
0: You're listening to The Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. What about the legalization of cannabis, which obviously we saw over the last uh, couple of years? How has that changed things for organized crime?
1: I think it shuffled things around a bit, but I, I don't think that it's um, been a major loss or a major gain. It's made some strange bedfellows. I mean, you see some former police officers working with some uh, people who have pretty questionable reputations, you know, in the legalized business. So I um I was commenting to a former attorney general about how that struck me as odd. And then I realized later that he'd invested himself. So I felt kind of, kind of <laughs> stupid on that one. <laughs> so,
0: so, uh, <laughs> so are they, are they actively involved in the legalized cannabis business?
1: I think there's a bit, I mean, I think they'll invest in anything, but, but on the other hand, I, I don't think, I think overall, the reasons given for legalizing, it still makes sense to me. Like I, I, I didn't think it would be a hundred percent victory, and so I um, uh, you get a lot of things are limited victories. I mean, they're they're still smuggling booze, you know, and that's been legal for quite a while. They smuggle cigarettes, so you know, anything you you have a lot of tax on is going to get smuggled.
0: So, was legalization? Do you think an opportunity, or did this did this put a dent in this industry for them?
1: Uh, I think it mostly put a dent in it, but it was an opportunity for some. Some of these guys are really smart, and they can spot an opening. Um, like it's not some big monolith there's um there's ones who can spot one tiny little opening in the market and really exploit it and other ones who are kind of uh, stumbling along like the rest of us
0: so we we're talking about uh the changing of the guard uh with the loss of pat musitano is there somebody in the family there that will rise up and take this position or is this family going to kind of fall by the wayside
1: uh, that I I think it's safe to say that's it for the Musitano crime family the um uh, his, his uncle Tony I actually knew him fairly well and I think he was out of it by the time he died like I think he had he had gone into retirement um i th- th- there's just no one left and I think the um the Papalia family um who were you know once a big big deal I, I don't they're not a force anymore um so they but but there are other people who are going to come in and fill the void. I mean, there's um, uh, no one's going to um, just say, okay, let's forget Hamilton. I, that's where I find it bizarre when people talk about Buffalo not having a mob anymore. That's sort of like um, everybody deciding on the same day, oh, let's you know, let's quit being a criminal and find um, find another job.
0: And many have said it isn't what it is. Uh, Sorry, the the mob organized crime like this isn't what it used to be. Well, if it was, it'd probably be extinct. I mean, does it not have to evolve in order to survive?
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, in in my business, I haven't been in the newsroom in six or seven months, and I might not be back in again this year, but we're still publishing something. So, I mean, everything's evolving, and... um, uh, the smart ones are on the Internet is just a huge, huge boom for them. It, it means that instead of, um, in the olden days, John Papalia controlled Railway Street in Hamilton, um, Ottawa Street, you could say, you know, Lupino. Like, there, there are areas you could point to for different criminals. Now, the Internet, it just expands everything. It means that you can connect with someone in Mexico and get a drug shipment going and not even know that person's name. Uh, you can the dark web the dark net uh, there's all sorts of things you can do now
0: uh are the days of the typical uh crime family gone you know uh things again you you talked about the tv version the movie version um and again many accuse the musitano family of just being too much in the limelight is that all changed now
1: um i think if you're in the limelight yeah it's just it's just not a good look and it's just not going to work i think that um i think pat was trying to be something that um that just wasn't working anymore i mean i um i talked to him a few times and it was like he was an actor from a movie from decades before i mean he was trying to talk in this gangster talk that you know might work here and there but it's it's just um the time had passed
0: what was he like
1: uh, see, I, I mean, I never saw the nice side of him. I saw first time I met him was um, after I'd written about how he and his father were trying to get between three and five million dollars from the government for an illegal tire dump, and then I pointed out, you know, that um, maybe these aren't the sort of people we should be giving tax money to, and and it fell through. So he wasn't very happy with me. Um, he, I'm sure, he has a lot um, nicer side than what I saw. I, I think he. Um, he really was into the role, though, like he wasn't. Um, his uncle, Tony, I, I had the feeling that um, if he had been born 40 years later, he wouldn't have gone into this stuff. I mean, he talked to me about how what it was like growing up in the 50s and when there were beaches that had signs, no dogs and no Italians. And he, he mm-hmm. talked about what that felt like as a kid. I mean, it was just a different world. And he he um, he was extremely proud of um, of his kids not going into that sort of thing um he he bragged about you know my kids who don't do what I did so um he um uh, he he was kind of a product of his time, and then also he had a older brother who um was pretty actively into this stuff, and it's kind of hard to defy your older brother.
0: Peter Edwards has been with us, staff reporter with the Toronto Star, and you can read the article there and in the Hamilton Spectator, author and executive producer, consultant with the TV series Bad Blood. Peter, fascinating stuff. Thanks so much for the time. Much appreciated. Be well. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.